Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, a listener writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is this. Why will we enter his gates with thanksgiving? Well, this is a really important question as we're right around this time of Thanksgiving, and uh, as Christians, 1 Thessalonians 5 tell, commands us to give thanks to the Lord because of Christ. And so the question that we have before us today is, why will we enter his gates with thanksgiving? One, well, we can't answer this question without going to Psalm 100. The, the whole of Psalm 100 needs to be considered when we are answering this question. Now, Psalm 100, it opens with a solicitation to the entire earth to happily give thanks to the Lord, to serve the Lord, to worship the Lord with singing. The Lord is depicted as the people's creator and as their shepherd. And so the psalmist calls everybody to enter the sanctuary with praise and thanksgiving. And he describes the, the Lord as good, having mercy that, that's eternal, that the truth of God is unwavering, that stretches from one age to another. You see, God merits our praise, our thankfulness, and our submission to himself. Now, certain individuals, they work hesitantly. They, they grumble as they go. Others merely give their, their best uh, work every day, day in and day out. We are to resemble the resolute workers who serve with energy, with gladness, and to grumble and complain is hopeless. It's a hopeless cause. We as a whole ought to happily obey the Lord because of his grace. God is our creator. We, we did not spontaneously make ourselves. We were fashioned in our mother's womb, Psalm 139 says, by our Lord, by our maker. Nor did we evolve from some primordial ooze. Many individuals live like they're the creator. They focus on their own little world. And this attitude, it prompts the insatiable possessiveness. And if everything were removed, a deficiency of trust and a loss of hope itself. Well, in any case, when we understand that, that God made us and he, that he gives us all that we have, we should want to provide for others as God has provided for us. And then at that point, in, in case everything is lost, we still have God and the Lord is enough. And being as God is the creator of all, he alone is deserving of being revered and worshipped. We need to ask the question, what is truly our mentality towards worship? Is, is it just to get 
the benefits that God gives to us by virtue of union with Christ himself? Or is it to get God himself? Do we enthusiastically and happily come into the presence of God? Or would we simply state that we're making a half-hearted effort to hesitantly go to church? Well, Psalm 100 advises us to recall God's reliability and the goodness of God and to worship the Lord with praise, with thanksgiving. You see, because God has made humanity, we are his people. And that he shepherds us, we're the sheep of his pasture. We should come to him with gratefulness and recognition that he alone is sufficient. God is our good shepherd, as John 10, 11 tells us, and we are his flock. We, he feeds his flock. He gathers us. He carries us. He leads us. Great is the Lord, and he is worthy of our praise, as Psalm 145, 3 says. And Christians can be appreciative that the Lord does not and will not change. He is immutable. He is continuously patient, benevolent, loving, kind, and merciful. He is as trustworthy today as he was when he rescued the Hebrew nation from the Egyptians at the Red Sea. And besides, the Lord is consistently shadowing us, helping us, supplying us with the 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 um the continuous stream and flow of his superabounding grace and pouring blessings on us again and again and again on account of Christ every good and perfect gift as James 1:17 says comes from the Lord everything in that that happens in our lives is for our good this is why the command is given by Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5. That, that The reason that we're to give thanks is because God is good. He is sufficient in and of himself. And the response, the posture of our hearts should be one of thankfulness. And this doesn't mean that what happens to us is good. And so, so we just ignore it. We just drown in a in in an endless sea of of you know uh our situation but we we begin to see our situations through the lens of scripture and we begin to see that God is good and that every good and perfect gift that comes into our lives is from the Lord Romans 8:28 through 30 tells us this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those who for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those whom he predestined, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so we can confront even the troublesome conditions of our lives with thanksgiving to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 commands us to give thanks in every situation of our lives. No good thing will be withheld from those who walk uprightly. Psalm 84.11 says, An appreciative heart articulates itself through praise. 
thanksgiving and praise are joined together. And so we should acknowledge every good and gift that comes from our Lord. We should count our blessings. We should name them one by one. We should give praise for the good gifts, for the housing that we have, the food on our table, the clothes that we have. Every single thing is a gift from God. Even the fact that you woke up this morning is a gift from God. That means that we shouldn't wallow in our self-pity. We shouldn't wallow in our grumbling or our gossiping. We should give thanks to the Lord. We should have hearts of gratitude. And by the way, what gratitude does is, and thankfulness does is it helps us to fight for our joy in the Lord. It helps us in the, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our situations, to face them with the help that God alone provides in his word and through the means of grace. See, God doesn't want us to come to worship with a, with a disappointed, dejected look, with, with a doom and gloom appearance, or, or with a long face. There are times when we might have a brooding look. Issues might encompass us. We might be surrounded by a thousand foes, a thousand situations in our lives. Enticements might seem to overcome us, but the thing that we can take to the bank is what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 13, and that is that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so when we come to God in repentance and confession of our sins, we cast ourselves on the righteousness of Christ. We are to praise God. We are to worship him, as John 4 says, in spirit and in truth. You know, God is not only interested in our holiness, which that should, that should concern us, because God is holy. And one of the ways that we grow in, our, in, in the grace of God is by being full of gratitude for all that Christ has accomplished on our behalf in his death, burial, and resurrection. We need this. We need to be gra- grateful for the grace, the costly grace, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, the costly grace of our king who has paid the price for us in our place and for our sin. And so we have every single reason. If you have life and breath in your lungs right now, you have every reason enough to give praise to God. When you look out at at a sunset or a sunrise, you have every reason to give thanks to the Lord because he's the one that governs the cosmos. He's the one that upholds our world by the word of his power. You have every reason to wake up and and if you're married, to roll over and say to your spouse, if you're a guy, sweetheart, I love you. If you're a lady, hey, I love you. If you're a lady, to your husband. And what happens as you give thanks to the Lord is you're honoring the Lord. 
You're, you're recognizing that he alone is sufficient. He's enough. It's easy to focus and zero in on our circumstances, on our situations, and to forget that that really thankfulness and gratitude, they help us tremendously. They, they help us to face life by, by looking, as Hebrews 12 says, to the author and the finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus. We need this. In the midst of difficult days, in the midst of challenging situations, we need to look to the Lord in, in the midst of grief, in the midst of bitterness, in the midst of fear and doubt. What gratitude does is it, is it reorients our perspective to focus on the Lord. Not on the trials, not on the situations of our lives, but on the Lord. On His unchanging character. On the majesty of his, of his grace and his, his glory. In fact, if you read the Psalms again and again, you see the psalmist praising the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Great is the Lord. He's majestic. He's holy. He's wonderful. Just go spend some time in the Psalms. And notice how even the psalmist is down, will be down, and then he, re- he remembers this is the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy to be, to be praised and to be worshipped, to be obeyed. And notice the posture of the psalmist. He is thankful. He is grateful. If you want to grow in the Lord in the midst of grief and challenge and depression and trials and hard things, Take some time to run down a list of things that be thankful for. Be thankful for your home. Be thankful for your spouse. Be thankful uh, that you have food on your table. Be thankful that you have a job. Be thankful for, for the, the car that you have. Be thankful that you have the ability to walk. Be, be thankful for, for everything. That's what first... Thessalonians 5.18 is saying, in everything we are to give thanks. Because God is good, because our Savior is sufficient, and because the Holy Spirit is at work using the Word and the means of grace to help us towards the end of conforming our lives more and more into the image of Christ my friend, I know that life may not seem like a bed of roses, but Jesus never promised you a bed of roses. In John 16, 33, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. We'll have hardship. We'll have challenges. There are hard days ahead. But the question is, how are you going to face them? Are you going to face them with the help that God has given in his word Are you going to face them with the help of the means of grace? Are you going to face them with the help of the local church, with others? That's what we need. And that will help us to be thankful. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. 
Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.